worship in the world is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God, our creator. We thank you for welcoming us in this place. As we welcome each other, as you have welcomed us, we come with open hearts. We come with open minds. We come with open arms. And in that spirit of openness, we are here to receive what you have for us. We are here to learn. We are here to grow. We are here to love. We are here to bond together. We are here to be guided by your Holy Spirit. So as we are welcome into this place, Father God, we welcome the Holy Spirit to guide us in all we think, say, and do. We are here to worship you. Thanks be to God. We are here to worship you. Amen. Please stand and sing with us this morning. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his Our prayer of admission can be found inside of your program. Today, in a moment, we will say it together collectively, acknowledging that we sin, that we fall short, that we are striving yet to get closer to God through the love of Jesus. As you look at the prayer of admission today, let us all recall and acknowledge that we all fall short. And sometimes we do depend on ourselves too much. Sometimes we do not rely on God the way we should. But we also have forgiveness through the blood of Jesus, and for that we are thankful today. The prayer of admission can be said together now, followed by a moment of silence. Lord, you are our foundation. We can depend on you, and yet we often choose to depend on ourselves. We want to be in control. Forgive us, we pray. Spirit, three 
family, there is an assurance of grace. There is an assurance of forgiveness. Through the love of God and by the blood of Jesus, we are forgiven. Rest assured, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. This morning, we get to celebrate the sacrament of baptism with three people. This morning, Kim and Brooke Andrews present their children, Fletcher, Rose, and Wiley, to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today, we boldly proclaim that Fletcher, Rose, and Wiley are recipients of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God claims them as God's own, welcoming them into this family of faith and as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. It's encouraging that we get to baptize them together because it reminds us that in no stage of life are we ever alone. We are never truly separated from Christ. Fletcher, Rose, and Wiley, may you always remember that you are never alone. Your parents, your church family, your siblings, and Christ are always with you. Brooke and Kim, having heard these words, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, say, I do. I do. And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and to teach your faith to your children? If so, say, I do. I do. Do you, members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide, support, and nurture Fletcher, Rose, and Wiley through your words and through your actions with love and prayer, Will you encourage them to know and follow Christ and empower them to be faithful members of the church? If so, say, we do. The church just promised to take care of you. That's what just happened. Did you hear them? You want me to ask them again? Yeah? Will you all promise to nurture and love these three? If so, say, we do. We do. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, who washed over this world with your love. In the same way, by the power of your Holy Spirit, may this water now wash over Fletcher, Rose, and Wiley, so that in their own lives, they too may share love with others. In your holy name we ask this, amen. What is the Christian name of your child? Fletcher Brogan. Fletcher, you wanna come forward? Do you wanna put your hand in the water? No? Okay, I'm gonna put some on your head, is that okay? Okay. Fletcher Brogan, beloved child of God, for you, Christ Jesus came into this world. For you, he lived and he showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of the cross and cried at last, it is finished. For you, he rose again to new life. For you, he reigns at God's right hand long before you knew anything of it. And so through these waters, may the words of scripture come to be fulfilled in your life and may you love because you've been loved first. Fletcher Brogan, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is the Christian name of this child? Good job. <laughs> Gloria Rose. Do you want to touch the water? Yeah. <laughs> Gloria Rose, beloved child of God, for you, Christ Jesus came into this world. For you, he lived and showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of the cross and cried, at last, it is finished. For you, he rose again to new life. For you, he reigns at God's right hand, now and forevermore. All of this, Christ Jesus did for you, Rose. 
long before you knew anything of it. And so through these waters, may the words of scripture come to be fulfilled in your own life. May you love because you've been loved first. Gloria Rose, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good job. What is the Christian name of this child? Wiley Stewart. Hi, Wiley. Do you want to feel the water? No? Wiley Stewart, beloved child of God, for you, Christ Jesus came into this world. For you, he lived and showed us God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of the cross and he cried, at last it is finished. For you, he rose again to new life. For you, he reigns at God's right hand now and forevermore. All of this Christ Jesus did for you long before you knew anything of it. May you love because you have been loved first. Wiley Stewart, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh God, be present with the young who must choose between many voices. Help them to know how much an old world needs their youth and their gladness. Help them to know that there are words of truth and healing that will never be spoken unless they speak them and deeds of compassion and courage that will never be done unless they do them. Help them to never mistake success for victory or failure for defeat. Grant that they may never entirely be entirely content with whatever bounty the world may bestow upon them, but that they may know at last that they were created not for happiness but for joy, and that joy is to them alone who sometimes with tears in their eyes commit themselves in love to thee and to others. Lead them and all the world ever deeper into the knowledge that finally all people are one and that there can never really be joy for any until there is joy for all. Amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Fletcher, Rose, and Wiley have been received into the one holy Catholic church through baptism. God has made them members of the household of God and citizens in the kingdom of heaven to share with us and the priesthood of all believers. So I encourage you during Holy Interruption to come say hello to our newest brothers and sisters. Hallelujah, amen. We might need a mop up here. (laughs) Got a little carried away with the water this morning. We're in a sermon series this summer called Eight Things to Pack. You can see it laid out on the back of your program or on our blog. And here's the premise. It's summertime, it's the time when we pack our bags to go travel somewhere and we think through what we're gonna experience on that trip and we pack the necessary things. We wanna be prepared, right? So in worship, we are thinking about what we might pack, but instead of a trip, we're considering what we need for our spiritual experience of this life. In the first sermon, I talk about what it's like to meet a moment in your life when you feel utterly unprepared for what is happening to you. And so we're gonna think about eight things that we can have ready in our minds and in our hearts that connect us to God and give us grounding for what we experience. We've already talked about salt and water, both are on our podcast today. I'm gonna take a look at shelter. So I invite you to read along with me. The scripture reading this morning is from the first book in our Bible, Genesis chapter seven. 
And I'm gonna read selected verses to try to get at the whole of the story of Noah's Ark. Listen now for God's word for you. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came on the earth and Noah with his sons and his wife and his son's wife went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came on the earth The flood continued for 40 days on the earth and the waters increased and bore up the ark and it rose high above the earth. The water swelled and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the face of the waters. The water swelled so mightily on the earth that all the mountains, all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The water swelled above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep, and all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, domestic animals, wild animals, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all human beings, everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. The word of God for the people of God I will admit that that is a hard stop in scripture. A hard stop to then prompt you to say, thanks be to God for that reading of scripture. So let me take a moment and tell the rest of the story. So the great flood of water comes, it destroys everything on earth except Noah and his family and those inside the ark. They survived because the shelter protected them from the storm. What protects us? What protects us in the midst of a storm? I want you to know that I know many of us in this room are experiencing very real storms right now. What protects us in the midst of a storm? Some of us are experiencing this storm of conflict. Maybe it's conflict within yourself. Maybe it's conflict with someone who lives under the same roof as you. Maybe it's conflict with someone at work. Others of us, we live in the storm of fear because life just seems to keep handing us shady deals that aren't trustworthy, a sickness, an unexpected bill. A friend of mine just had her car hijacked in DC, picking up her daughters from school. Sometimes it feels like these storms just keep coming. They never end. Am I right? That's the way the people in the ark felt. And y'all, they were in this ark for a very long time. Scripture says 10 months they stayed inside this ark. And then finally, when the mountains became visible again, Noah waited another 40 days and then he sent out a raven. And the raven flew all around and never came back. So then Noah waited another 
disclosed amount of time and he sent out a dove who looked for a place to perch and this dove came back to Noah, which meant it wasn't safe to go outside. So Noah waited another seven days and then he sent that same dove out again and this time it came back with an olive leaf freshly picked, which gave them the confidence to finally exit the ark. That whole game of let the bird fly and see what comes back, it served an important purpose. It was about safety. Every time Noah let out a bird, he was asking, when is it safe for us to come out? After living through this storm, after trusting the ark to keep you safe, you're not just gonna fly open those doors and walk right out. You have to be certain that it's safe now, that another storm isn't just right around the corner. How many of us do this? We look for a nudge or a sign that it's safe to come out of our shelter after a storm. I'm thinking about someone who goes in for chemo treatments like every week or every month. They go in to be hooked up to a drip and then they come home feeling sicker than when they went in. And they go through this grueling process of having poison pumped into them and going home to try to live through the symptoms all to get to this final paramount moment where they ring the bell, cancer-free. But if you've talked to anybody who's been through that process, even as they ring that bell, they're thinking, ooh, but what if I see something on the next scan? What if my storm isn't over yet? I'm thinking about the person who's lost a spouse. And they're trying to figure out like, when is it okay to live again? There are no rules for when you're allowed to date again, when you're allowed to laugh again, you're looking for signs. When is it okay to live again? I've got a close friend who is sober and I'm really proud of her. And it seems to me that she lives in a perpetual storm. Even when she's at her healthiest, her strongest, she's got years of sobriety behind her. She is looking for signs for when it is safe enough for her to be here. Noah and his family, they go into this ark in order to survive. The ark provides the shelter that keeps them safe from the outside storm. But they don't wanna stay in the ark forever. And we're the same way, right? We appreciate shelters like this shelter right here. But if somebody told us, hey, all of you, you have to stay in this shelter. You can't go outside. We'd start to feel stir crazy, right? Nobody wants to stay in the ark forever. So Noah and his crew, 10 months later, they are ready to go outside again. But they know that everything has been destroyed. So they have to be extra certain that it's safe to leave. So when that dove comes back with the freshly picked leaf, they get ready to go outside. And when they do, they make a fire and they make some sacrifices, they cook some meat. And the story goes, God smelled the aroma. And God decided from that point on, God would not be the source of destruction. The Bible tells us God says, never again will I let that kind of destruction wipe out the entire earth. Sometimes it's important to know the end of the story, especially if we are gonna focus on the middle, which is the scary part. 
The scary part when Noah and his family are holed up in this boat that Noah has made with the good, bad, and ugly of creation. Can you imagine the smells inside there? I imagine like a barn, but on the water, it's not great. I don't wanna be there. Can you imagine the fights that were happening? I mean, I've never kept a zoo, but I'm pretty sure there are rules about like keeping animals separate so that they don't eat each other. And then there are the humans. And I don't know about you, but in my household, like we have rules, limits about how long people can come stay with us. Does anybody else do that? Don't be shy. Like for some people, you can stay for one night. Others, maybe three. We all have these limits. So can you imagine being stuck inside a place that smells like a barn, no windows, for 10 months with your family members? When you live with someone like that, you start to establish rules, right? Like this is your role, this is my role, let's respect the boundary. Noah was the builder. And I wonder who made the food? Who organized the kitchen? Who hosted family meetings to make sure everybody didn't kill each other? You know how when we're under stress, we tend to fight more with the people that we love, the people we trust aren't gonna leave. I can't imagine a more stressful circumstance than what this family is under. They don't know how long they're gonna be in the ark. They don't know if they will survive the ark. They don't know if anything will survive the ark. And as tired as they get of staring at these same walls without fresh air with the same annoying family members, they stay in the ark because it's the shelter that keeps them alive. Simply put, it's not great inside the shelter, but it's worse outside. The scripture says the water increased, it bore up the ark, it rose high above the earth, and the ark is sailing above the mountains. I don't think I've ever paid attention to that part of the story. The ark is sailing above the mountains, which makes me think like, you probably don't have anybody looking out to steer this ark. What if you hit a rogue mountain? What if the water starts to come inside? It's not like you can just make a pit stop and get the ark fixed. You have to patch it up from the inside. Maybe Noah had some super strong duct tape. I don't know. The point is it's scary inside the ark, but it is scarier outside. It's admittedly difficult for you and I to imagine ourselves literally in the shoes of Noah and his family members. When you and I look for shelter, what do we do? We call up a realtor, right? And we ask for homes in the place where we wanna live. Or maybe we Google apartments and then we look at our budget to make sure that the numbers work. We might look for a sturdy structure, right? If we're really savvy, we might ask about the warranty for the HVAC. We might ask the last time that the roof has been repaired. We're definitely gonna look at the layout right? We've all watched HDTV. We got to make sure that the layout works for us. We're going to choose our shelter to be close to our school or our work. The point is, you and I, we have this luxury of adding things when we look for a shelter. We don't just look for something that's going to keep us safe from the outside elements. When we think about shelter, we quickly move from what makes it a shelter to what makes it a home. And certainly Noah, he had to build this space and think through the layout to meet their needs. He probably took some furniture, like some beds and some chairs. But when we look at what God commands Noah to bring, what does God say? It isn't stuff. 
God doesn't say, grab the box of family heirlooms. No, God says, grab your family members. Take some animals. When building a home, God focuses on those with a heartbeat. May had a storm in her life. It hit when she was only three years old. She told me about this storm this past week when I got to hang out with some of our high schoolers in Montreat, North Carolina. I got to watch our new youth director, Abigail Elsie, handle the largest group we've ever had with such grace. And she didn't do it alone. She had Zan's help and Trent and Tom and Chelsea. While we were there, May told us this story and she's given me permission to share it with you today. May's parents got divorced when she was three years old. And she remembers during the time of the divorce, her family moved a lot from apartments to condos. At one point they moved in with their grandparents. And she said uh, it took them a while to land. Everybody was readjusting. She said, you know, it's hard going from two incomes supporting one household to then going to those same incomes, trying to support two. She said she could sense the stress of the people around her, but it never mattered to her what they could afford. And while she was certainly curious why her mom and dad couldn't live in the same shelter anymore, she says she always felt safe because wherever they were, they were together. From house to house, she knew she was okay. She knew she was safe if her brothers were there and either her mother or her dad. She said, I knew I was safe because they are my home. My people, my God sheltered me. May says to this day, she doesn't really get attached to structures, physical structures. She gets more attached to her possessions that she can move with her from one place to the next. And she appreciates a nice shelter, don't get her wrong. But she knows that it's not the structure itself that makes it feel like home, it's her people. It's the emotional connection and protection and trust she feels from her people and from her God. May taught me something this week. And she also got me thinking, there is a home that I'm attached to. My grandmother is about to move out of her home, the only home I've ever known her in, and move into a um, assisted living. And don't feel bad for her, it is a swanky retirement community. I went to go visit them and I was like, where, where can I sign up? They cook you meals. They have a new pickleball court. They've got something for every single day. She's gonna be happy in this new place. And also I was sad stepping foot into her home for the very last time saying goodbye to the place that has sheltered me. You see, during college, I would travel past my parents' house to my grandmother's house every few months. In college, when I got really tired, I would drive there and I knew that I could arrive at any hour during the night, the door would be unlocked, there would be fresh sheets on the guest bed. And here's the best part, she wouldn't interrupt me. So I could sleep for 12 hours, 13 hours, one time 15 hours, she did pick up the phone and call my mom, make sure that everything was okay. I loved being there because I knew that I could rest. When I woke up in the morning, I would go into the kitchen and she would have a cup of hot coffee for me. I knew better than to go into the kitchen. That is not allowed. She does not like a, a crowded kitchen. I would sit at the table and talk to her and everything was accounted for. Nothing was a rush. It's the best example I have of rest because I feel safe in her shelter. 
But it's not because of the home. It's because of her. The shelter that she provides. Y'all, someday when we come to the end of our earthly life, when our baptisms are complete and we go join Jesus in heaven, there's gonna be somebody like my grandmother offering us a warm cup of coffee and breakfast to our taste. And it's not about the place. It's not about the place itself, but the people, the cloud of witnesses that will welcome us there, about Jesus who welcomes us there, who shelters us home. I wonder if years after the biblical storm, Noah and his family felt attachment to the ark. Like I wonder if they entered and they gave thanks for the protection it offered to them, if they thought about the prayer soaked walls, if they laughed and shared stories about the giraffe and the parakeet, or if they never wanted to see the ark again. We won't know. What we do know is that the ark sheltered them from a very real storm and perhaps more important than the ark itself is God's promise that God shelters us. God stayed with Noah when he was in the ark. God gave signs for when it was safe to come outside and then God put that bright rainbow in the sky and promised to never, ever send that kind of storm again. God declares, I will no longer be the source of your destruction. God says, I will be your shelter. And for that I say, thanks be to God. Amen.
Pray with me, please. Holy, loving God, we thank you for your shelter. We thank you for being a shelter. We pray now for all people, from those under the sound of my voice to those who are not in this place. We pray for all who are going through their own storms, whether they be financial storms or health storms or relational storms, storms of doubt, storms of disappointment, storms of uncertainty. We pray, God, that they recognize that you are a shelter, that we realize that you are a shelter. We pray for all people who are in need of rest, who are in need of, just need to take a break, need to put a burden down, need to just relax for a moment, who are seeking safety. We pray for those who are questioning, when can I come out? When can I come out? When is it safe? When can I live again? When can I try again? When can I love again? When can I laugh again? When is it okay just to be me? We pray for those that though they enjoy the shelter, though they recognize that the shelter can be challenging, that it is time to move. Please give us the courage and the wisdom and the understanding to know when it is safe to come out from the shelter. And finally, we pray for all people to recognize that when some come to us, sometimes we represent shelter, sometimes we represent safety. Just giving somebody a space to be themselves, to speak their truth, to let their guard down, to be vulnerable, to not have to put on the front. We need the shelter just to be real. And we pray for families who are in the shelter together. And whether we are family by blood or families that we build through community, we all can be a family that help each other through the storm and beyond the storm. And now, Father God, we pray together the prayer that your son Jesus taught us to pray, a prayer that represents the shelter that we have in you. Let us pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Family, please stand with me. Our affirmation of faith can be found inside of your program. Let us say it together. Family, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing and sing with us.
our shelter from whatever storm you're experiencing. So know that as we go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of the Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.